This is Fred Ricciani. I've right here on the line a very special guest. He is a creative director, a game designer, a founder. These days, he's running Panache Digital Games, but he is known as one of the fathers of the legendary Assassin's Creed franchise. He's also the creator of Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey, which has sold now over one million copies. We are talking to the great Patrice Desley. Patrice, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. How's everything going? Pretty good. Looking forward to have a chat with you, man. How's it been working through this pandemic? We've we've been okay at Panache. We've we've been lucky to be in in betweens, I would say, projects. So we finished Ancestors like uh, two months prior to the beginning of it all, and so and we were uh, already working on our next thing. So so we're we're lucky, and you know it's been uh, two two years almost now, and uh, we're like we're still there. <laughs> so everything has been uh, has been cool, but yes, we had to adjust. Suddenly, on on March twelfth, we needed to you know to make sure that the the, the team could uh, stay focused and continue working, and and it was pretty smooth on our side. You mentioned to me off the air that you had your first hockey game the other yes. night in almost two years. Could we see a hockey game coming from you one day? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I let that uh, to EA. They're doing a, a pretty good job. Now, as far as everything going on with, with Ancestors, you know, it was kind of a, a really different game from what you yes. previously worked on in, in Ubisoft and, and your time in between and everything. And it's been a, a huge success. If you go on Steam, overwhelmingly uh, positive reviews. Uh, you know, very unique concept, you know, playing it as primates and everything. Did you expect the, all the success? Oh, yes, you, you hope for it and you work towards that goal. And so we were lucky to have uh, that success because it's a, it's our first game, right? Have to uh, to have in mind that uh, at the beginning of it all, it was two guys on a PowerPoint on the streets of Montreal after all the THQ debut. Uh, you know, uh, adventure, and uh, and and suddenly, uh, five years afterwards, we we had uh, we had a team, we had a game, and now and now and now we have a success. But uh, was I afraid or or you know anxious about it? Yes and no. It's part of the deal. You never know how people will uh, react to what you 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 make, and and we knew it was different. It was our way of of making a game uh, with with. Roughly uh, an average of you know 20, 25 people, uh, and so we had to think uh, outside the box because we we cannot compete with teams of eight hundred plus, right? So so we had to think differently, and the subject matter was perfect for that. You know, how do we make a game about evolution? It's it's uh, and and then we let you uh, players to figure it out, and 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 so yes, it's a big toy. And you create your own adventures in it, and and people, when it clicks, it clicks for real. And mm-hmm. so, so, but we weren't afraid of it. It's really, you know, this is the, you. You don't name your studio Panache and then try to do a, you know, like everybody else. It doesn't fit. So, mm-hmm. so yes, we we try to push the boundaries of what is the the medium somehow. You know what what is interactivity? What is game and so so it's part of our dna to be different so we cannot be uh, you know afraid of it and how did you come up with the concept i mean it's pretty unique obviously survival games have been out you know, for eight for ages now but this is i mean this, this is a, a pretty unique concept and yeah. one that whether it's a studio of you know, 25 people or 2500 people it's definitely different from anything out there right now on the market and i think that's why people like it 
I, I guess so. And I think with the pandemic also, we receive a bunch of messages and, you know, personal letters about people who said, yeah, going in Africa 10 million years ago made me understand, you know, what the hell are we doing here now and, and how it's all related. Uh, uh, the concept came from, you know, the very inception of Panache. What would be our first game? And at first, when you do a third-person game, it's all about the mechanics and the, you know, the three Cs, the character, camera, and control. And, 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 and at first, my first idea is let, let's try to make a game that is all about those mechanics on how do you interact with the 3D world. And then I realized when I was pitching it that the people said, no, no, but you're the historical dude. You need an historical you know, time period. And I went like, okay, what would be the perfect? Uh... Well, at first I was a little bit bummed because I didn't know about my branding like that. Uh, <laughs> for me, because me, I think about sensation, about uh, uh, about mechanics, like I said, loops, and not about you know the overall meta loop, if you will. And so realizing that I was the historical game designer in the industry was like, okay, that's my brand. So I need to somehow continue in that. And then suddenly I, I had a flash. Just like when I had a flash for Assassin's Creed or for, or for uh, uh, Prince of Persia with the rewind, I had the flash. I said, oh, if we go back in time really far away and we talk about at the very beginning of it all in prehistorical time period, I can, we could focus on the interactivity, what we needed to have a toolbox in order to make other games afterwards. And because in prehistorical time, I would not have to build a society, you know, technologies, uh, uh, cities, crowds and whatnot. We could focus on the main character and how he behaves and, uh, uh, and how he interacts with the 3D world. And this is how it, it all started. And then at the very beginning, we were the trend a bit of the episodic content type of of of, uh, of business model and and so so we could do evolution and we could do chapters according to evolution then things change uh with the with our publisher private division we have the discussion and now oh, let's make a you know uh, uh, an entire game let's forget episodic and we kept the evolution and we decided then to create this big huge world open world and and but yet the, the, the subject matter asks us to be different. What is evolution? And, and, uh, and again, because of the size of the team also, just, just put systems that will, you know, uh, interconnect through, uh, through, through mechanics. And this is how it, uh, this is how, uh, you know, ancestors uh, came to be. You're kind of known as, as the history guy. And it kind of took you off guard at first. You were like, whoa, like, wait a minute. And I understand, you know, I, as any type of creator, you never want to be kind of put in a box or, or labeled something because, you know, every, every creator is, is dynamic in their own respective way. Do you kind of embrace that label now as kind of oh, like yeah. a history guy? Yes, yes, yes. No problem. Uh, it's not like I hate history. <laughs> uh, I often said uh, like history for us, modern human beings, is almost a fantasy world. If you go like uh, only 100 years, it's so different. And so... Uh, it's it's really rich to go back in history and try to recreate it somehow, and it 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 is as as foreign to us as another planet or a parallel universe, and so uh, no no I embrace it somehow, and yes I have other games in mind that takes place now or in the future. It's funny because at the end of the day, if you analyze Assassin's Creed, it's more a sci-fi 
setting than it is an actual historical recreation. It's a you know, it takes place with Desmond at the present and the machine that lets you uh, relive your ancestors' uh, memories through your DNA. This is the core of the IP. But but since we're playing in the in the past, uh, it's an historical game, and so. Uh, but yeah, I have no problem uh, with it. I, like I said, I like it. When you helped create Assassin's Creed, did you have any rights to to that IP? No, 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 no. Uh, I was a, a normal. Uh, employee and so no 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 you you sign to let go of all rights to anything you create and it's the same for every uh, big studios and so no so in addition to your your immense creativity was that also part of the reason you wanted to kind of start your own shop so you have some so you can have more to say in creative direction for sure for sure for sure it was uh, but yeah don't get me wrong at ub i I had freedom while i was uh, working on those on those games and yes there's red tapes and you know i uh, maneuver uh, around it or through it uh, with it uh it's part of the deal somehow uh but yeah for sure for for us when uh, gf uh, my you know co-founder and part business partner we we created panache it was to create new ips that would belong to us and that would you know in montreal is a pretty uh, video game hub development hub uh, but uh, we mostly do games for uh, other people and, and so for us it was really really uh, important that we we would create a, a uh, what's the word value for this hub that in uh, the value in video games lies into the ip Mm-hmm. Not them two employees that have salaries, and so for us it, that was our goal. And yes, ancestors is uh, is a is an is an IP now, mm-hmm. and and we'll see when uh, we'll come back to it. Uh, right now we are not uh, working on the on the sequel of ancestors, uh, working on something else. That uh, I'm not going into details. If you have the question. Uh, <laughs> But we are doing uh, uh, another game now at Panache, but uh, but we have uh, ancestors. And it's pretty amazing if you think about it, that yes, Panache will be able to eventually do uh, something uh, something else with it. Fantastic. Makes me, makes me proud somehow, right? Of all the, mm-hmm. of all the you know, uh, uh, of everything we've done. And then the last 10 years, it was a bit chaotic for, for myself. I had to take a... A little gap in between games. My last game before Ancestors was uh, Brotherhood in 2010. And then, whoop. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. I didn't mm-hmm. stop. It's just I didn't ship. <laughs> so it's a bit different. And it's kind of funny now because these days there, there's kids that grow up to either want to be in the gaming industry or be a streamer. <laughs> You'll be some type of broadcaster <laughs> or, or a little bit of both. And, and people forget that video games, at least the modern era of the video game industry, is still pretty young. Yeah. You know, not everybody necessarily like that's in the business now that's a little bit older, uh, you know, grew up necessarily wanting to be in video games. They kind of got into it or maybe they were interested but didn't really have a, a pathway. So I'm curious for you, how did you get into the gaming industry? Is that something you kind of imagined? Do you see yourself in show business? How did it all start for Patrice? Well, I, n- I never thought I would be making video games for a living or even for an art when I was uh, in college. I was in cinema, I was in theater, I was writing a lot. And then in 1997, when Ubisoft arrived in Montreal, I applied. I was lucky enough uh, to know a little bit that they would 
be coming before everybody else. My mom was working in the government, and there was this, you know, uh, rumors going around in the, in the government in Quebec City that uh, that the video game company would uh, would arrive in uh, in Montreal. And I, so I applied a bit before everybody else, and uh, and eventually uh, I got my uh, my interview, and it went well, basically. And I, so I started on July second, nineteen ninety seven, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> But I had no clue uh, how to design a game. Uh, I, I my thing is I I kind of knew how to create with people. Because of, like I said, my past of like making uh, movies with friends and, and at, the co at college, doing a lot of improv theater. Uh, and, and so this, this I kind of knew. And then it's like, okay, that's a new medium. And it's, like you said, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a young industry. It's a young art. Mm -hmm. And so I'm one of the old timers now. Wow. Right. And I'm uh, not even 50. And so I, I just feel like uh, we're still uh, pioneers. It's the beauty of it all, somehow. Right? Yeah. You, can, you can be different. You, you know, if you write a book, I mean, holy cow, there's a, there's a lot of people who wrote uh, books before you. If, you're, uh, if you do a movie, you have 125 years uh, worth of history of, of filmmakers. And so and, and, and video games are like, oh, you can still talk with the people who were there in the 70s and the, and the, and the 80s. So it's, 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 it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Me, when I, when I started, we were at the beginning of the 3D space. How do we, you know, like I said, how do we interact with the 3D world? And so, uh, and, and, and I feel like, and I said it before, like I still don't know how. Because it's still like it's 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 like ah what what, what would be the word in English? It's like it's like it's like a forest that you still have to to clean, mm -hmm. and sometimes you find cool stuff. Sometimes oh that didn't work, and and so and and ancestors it's this it's it's a testimony of that somehow. It was my first game about, like you say, a primate. <laughs> And this is where, like, uh, it's funny because for me, it's still, it's it's still connected to Assassin's Creed and Prince of Persia, and right, it's still about verticality. It's still about you know the the kind of like a fluidity in the movement. It's still about history. It's still about time. Time in a game I make is really important. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's the last thing we don't control as human beings, and it drives us nuts. We control nature. We control, you know, uh, how we live together and whatnot. But time it moves forward, and we're like, "Holy cow! There's nothing we can do about it." Nope. It goes forward. That's it. Even though it's not, it's not real in quantum physics. What is time? Blah blah blah. But still, for us in our Homo sapiens brains, it goes forward, and you can never go back. Yeah, no, for, oh, for forward. <laughs> Sometimes we would like to. Okay, can this you know day just move? Like, can I be tomorrow? <laughs> nope, you have to go through it. What's cool about you know Prince of Persia is going back in time, and, and Assassin's Creed going back in time, and ancestors you know going back going back in time. That's awesome. But what I also personally love is somebody who loved history uh, growing up, still loves history to this day. You know, is the, you know, the the historical elements and everything. You know, growing up, were you a history buff? Is that something that you were interested in? I was, uh, I was lucky enough. Again, I would say my my mom was really uh, influential, and my dad also. But uh, my mom worked at the at the at the French slash English fort on the 
Richelieu River when I was a kid. So I would go and she was a guide there. And so I would go in this like pretty, pretty cool fort, like for, uh, it's called Fort Lennox. Check it out. And, and so I would, you know, I would see history where I'm looking to come in, in America uh, from, from Quebec in a place where history is, you know, is around us. So, so I guess, uh, it's, it's part of who, who I am. Uh, and I was good in school with history. I don't know why. Just, you know, the stories related to dates, for me, it's easy. I have no merit. It's just like, you know, and I, I, I know what happened. And I understand the logic and the consequences of some of the prior action that we made. And, and so, but yeah, I'm bad with names, though. But that's a different subject matter. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to believe, man, that next year... It's going to be the, at least in the U.S., it's going to be the 15-year anniversary yeah. of Assassin's Creed. So how does it make you feel to see a game that's positively impacted you know, so many people, not just fans and, and gamers alike, but you know, people that have been able to work, get work in the industry and everything else to the point where now 15 years later, the franchise is still going strong? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because for me it was just... Uh, first, I was a bad employee. I was asked to do a sequel to Prince of Persia, sense of time on the next generation of platform that was that was the mandate and 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 the subtext of the mandate was to try to redefine the action adventure genre for the next generation of platforms and instead of coming with the prince of persia game i came up with assassin's creed basically i remember yeah one night i said oh and the animus and the dna and then and and, and my goal was just to 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 push again forward what would be a action adventure game and, and i remember playing a lot of gta back then and say what if the car that let me you know travel around the, this big map was was the main character was a it was a human being and we would like think about it as as, as a car that uh, nothing would stop basically and uh, and everything that I couldn't do on on Sands of Time, like I couldn't do a crowd because we could only draw on the PS2. We could only draw, you know, I think it was ten characters at the same time. So I couldn't do a crowd. So I said, this time I'm gonna have crowd. I remember at the bottom of the of the of the palace of Azad, there was a village we couldn't do. I already had this this image of me running on rooftops. We couldn't do it because of time constraint and whatnot. So I say, this time I'm gonna do it, and let's have an entire city as a playground, and and uh, and everything. Also with the fight, I said let's you know make it better, but let's make sure blades touch each other this time, because it's gonna be next gen, and I will have all this machine power to do it. And uh, and yes, it's it's kind of like. I just did it to make a, a cool game for me and my friends somehow, and then it became something else with Ubisoft, you know, power and, and, and machine, you know, PR machine and whatnot. But I think the quality of the of the uh, of the proposition was 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 good enough, uh, uh, so people embrace it, and that uh, I'm I'm lucky. I'm just a lucky bastard somehow. <laughs> was not my goal to 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 create an icon but yes also like uh, like uh, like for, for me i feel like uh, if if i'm here to do something let's let's make it you know worthwhile and 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 different and and, and unique 
otherwise just stay home I, I, that's my own personal uh, view it's it's a little bit more difficult maybe more stressful somehow also because you don't have any comparable but uh, at the end of the day me i sleep well at night because i know i've you know i've pushed uh, as as much as i could absolutely and one thing i appreciate too uh, as a gamer who's who's middle eastern I love kind of like the Middle Eastern elements in a lot of your games and everything. The uh, Middle Eastern elements in a lot of your games, from Prince of Persia to the first couple uh, Assassin's Creed. What kind of drew you to kind of Middle Eastern history or, or kind of Middle Eastern culture oh. and elements or Arab culture and elements? Oh, that 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 I didn't choose. It chose me. Uh, honestly, I was uh, was working on. The, I remember at the time I was working on a uh, Tom Clancy's game, uh, and and then I was Switch project that other project didn't work out ubisoft bought prince of persia the ip and then i went to see a presentation of the team that was working on it and uh and i went like oh i want to i want to join that team and then and then i was in with prince of persia and again like i said when i was asked to do the sequel you know it was prince of persia and so i went like yeah i the problem with a prince as an action character is that the prince doesn't do mm-hmm. officially. Yeah. The prince, when you say a prince, what do you see? You see someone who waits for dad to die or mom so he can take his place. That's what a prince does. That's it. Yeah. And, and and so I'm like, okay, but if it's a number two. So if I switch the organization from a kingdom to something else, you could be the prince of and then I started to because I heard that uh, I think the future in in, in marketing or, or the trend back then would be historic, you know, accuracy. That would be a thing. It's like, oh, I like history, and I started to read, and I stumbled upon uh, the uh, historical myth of the old man of the mountain with the Ashashin and Alamit, and it's like this is in Persia, and so if you're the number two of the Ashashin, you would be the Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. And this is all, this is how it all started. And, and you would be an assassin and an assassin. Suddenly your Prince, he's got an action attached to it. And it's much easier to, 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 to let people understand what the game is going to be about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, this is, this is the, you know, the Genesis of, of Assassin's Creed. And, it's all in the Middle East because of of of, of Prince of Persia, mm-hmm. and then I did the second one in in Italy because I lived there for a year, back in ninety one ninety two, and so and said, so where do we go next? Uh, and we we had a list of you know place we could go. The Italian Renaissance came up, and I said, yes, I want to do a game in Italy. So I was still around the Mediterranean. See and, uh, and and we could make a link between uh, you know uh, the 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 Fort Crusades and Florence and whatnot and 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 give this sense of like whoa this story is is epic it's really big it's it's it defies times and and regions and and it's an, an international story. I, lo- I love the insight and, and, and the kind of background <laughs> on all that too. I also love like the the random historical figures that that pop up in, in all these games, like from Ben Franklin to George Washington to Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, but, that was awesome. But and and then when once you you know me, I study my subject matter. 
yes, we do games and, like I said, mechanics, loops, meta story and whatnot. But then, what is the subject? And then you start you digging into it, and 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 you extract from your subject a video game, and so uh, and characters, and and so since it was about the still an historical time period, characters, you know, suddenly popped up, and and for sure, Leonardo da Vinci needed to be uh, to be in the game, kind of needed to be there because he was in Florence back then, and he was an amazing character. And uh, but that's the same thing for the Sforza, for for the, you know, uh, and the rest of the of the crew of of Assassin's Creed Two, and all those characters. But same thing with uh, Robert de Sable and uh, you know Richard Lionhearted in uh, in the first one, and all the uh, and Saladin and all the other characters. And but I I didn't work long enough on the third one to know all the characters that's in it because I started to play Assassin's Creed Three while uh, I was a. THQ back, back then, and then I'm like, oh, but I'm not the creative director anymore. So everything that I would change, there's nothing I can do. And so I stopped playing any Assassin's Creed game because I don't have fun. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. A, it's not like I have a yes, a little bit, but it's not about the Ubisoft at the end of the day. It's a, it's a bit about like I have no fun. I analyze, I try to fix things, uh, I see the matrix. <laughs> and I have no pleasure. So I've tried to play other games than uh, Assassin's Creed. And then also I can say, well, I didn't play it. So don't ask me for my opinion on how the franchise is is, is going. <laughs> it's my it's my shield. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, before we let you go, we always like to ask our guests kind of some kind of random rapid fire questions just for people to get to know them better. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Great. Yeah, All right. Go let's, ahead. let's start. What is your favorite snack or late night cheat meal? Uh, chips. Any kind? Uh, yeah, I'm a barbecue uh, uh, chips or, or ketchup because I'm Canadian, I guess. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> good choice. What's your most awkward moment in your career? Something that like if we were at a party or something, I'm like, hey, Patrice, you know, t- tell me a funny story. Like one that just kind of comes to mind like, oh, man, that, that was awkward or embarrassing embarrassing whoa 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 uh yeah once in a meeting and I, it's, it's not it's embarrassing for me because i, I kind of like that was the limit i went uh and defending an idea i went like you know this is this is so important it's it's like you live or die and i'm like and i said no it's not but I remember just saying it's out of passion. You have to do it. We're going to live or die on this. And it was on Prince of Persia. I'm like, no. And I was a bit ashamed. Because no, nobody's <laughs> dying making a video game at the end of the day. There's no idea that is live or die idea. It's not the best uh, of story. But still, this is for me in my in my career. Like I went too far on this one. And, and I learned from it. And I was ashamed. So yes, I was like, oh, no. Nobody's dying. You learn from it. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I was young. <laughs> yeah. We all were one. <laughs> What's the hardest part of entrepreneurship? It's the stress of in between projects when you look for money and, and, and receiving a lot of no's. Before, yes, because you only leave one, you'll receive a lot of no's. Whatever you are, you know, you'll see. And then, and then so that's hard. Because you believe in your project, you believe in your team, you believe in your ideas, and then people say, yeah, no. 
and you're seeing no, 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 and then eventually somebody says yes, and then and then you move forward. But that's tough. That's that's not that's not fun. On the bright side, what's the most rewarding part of entrepreneurship? Having people around us. It may sound cliche, but somehow it's like that's cool to have people that believes in you and believes in your vision, and that that you know, and and that they would bonify what what you have in mind. That's the most amazing thing. And then eventually, said, "Yeah, I trust you. You could uh, you can a little bit, you know." Take a step aside and say, "Okay, I got a team now. I'm not. I'm not alone. And that's the best part." If if I had a one wish, I could grant you, and you could change just one thing about the gaming industry today. What would it be? Uh, that we have enough time to finish what we started, all the time. How aware are you of of kind of the grind and the crunch and, and everything else? Like, how do you how do you kind of walk that line between? Okay, we have to honor the commitment we made to our partners, but at the same time. I have to honor the commitment to my staff who is, you know, busting their asses to get this game or update out there. Uh, my staff is always first. Always. Uh, and so at Panache, we don't, we, you know, we have a really, we have the Panache way of making games. Sprints of six weeks. First week is design and planning together. Then we develop for four weeks and then we ship on the six weeks. And there's eight sprints a year, a year. And, you know, no meetings on Mondays. That's your free day. Two weeks of vacation at Christmas. Take your vacation. I don't want to burn any, anybody down. That's not the point. We're here to have fun and make a good uh, product together. And, and that will always be uh, first is, is, is the team. And, and that's, that's the way we, we, we do things. What's the best piece of advice you give anybody looking for success in the gaming industry? Well, don't look for success. No, no, no. That's not the, the wow. don't don't look for success. That would be my advice. Just just enjoy the process. One day at a time, one hour at a time. Don't look for success. Success will come or or won't. There's nothing you can do about it, really. So just have fun along the way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know. The ship date is one date. It's all the other days before. So <laughs> don't and and success. There's no freaking guarantee for success. It doesn't. There's no formula. It, there's so many things that needs to arrive to have success, and and it's not because you don't have success that you have a failure. So don't look for it. That that's a great way of of looking at it. And you're right. I mean, there's so many hands of the cookie jar so many cooks in the kitchen and it's like you can't control everything you know you if you if you're a dev you're a game designer if you're a creative director you can only do so much on your end before it's out the door and then it's 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 all up in the air and you know at the end of the day i think what you're saying too is whether a game sells well or not doesn't mean you personally made a bad product you still be proud of your work i mean there's so many games that are underrated that maybe don't get the love but that doesn't mean you made a bad product and you should still exactly. be proud of that work right yes yes totally totally and since again it's all about making it that's the thing that's what i love the most is making the thing it's it's really out of nothing out of a you know two synapses that connect two dots of an idea then eventually there's something and people like you and other enjoy in their you know in their private uh, space well that's amazing and that's enough 
at the end of the day. And then, yes, yeah, uh, me, uh, yes, I want success for Panache. We can continue that process <laughs> somehow. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Patrice, I uh, thank you so much for your time, man. It's, it's been a, a pleasure to talk to you, learn about your journey and everything. Before we let you go, where can fans find you and Panache online? Oh, that is asking me the bad question. Uh, <laughs> PanacheDigitalGames.com uh, and uh, on Twitter and Facebook, you, you Panache Digital, and you'll find us somewhere. I'm like, ah, I'm so bad at this. And me, I think uh, I don't even know my handle on on Twitter, but uh, or, or Facebook. Find you know, there's not a lot of Panache and Patrice out there. <laughs> Check it out. Find us. It's easy. Google it. <laughs> Google it. I'll, I'll make it easier for everybody. Yes, if, you play, <laughs> if you want to play, if you want to, we'll put all the stuff in the show notes. And if you want to play Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey, that has sold over one million copies, you can Tom check Steve. it out on Steam, on Xbox Store. Just Google it, Amazon. You'll find, you'll find it. Yes, it's an awesome game. Yes, yes, check yes. it out. Thanks. Thank you so much, Patrice. Thanks, Fred.